You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, a very happy Monday, because the Pelicans have swept the Portland Trailblazers. The first time ever that a sixth seed has swept the third seed in the first round of the playoffs, going back basically as far as you can on those kind of stats. So this is a great day if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan. This is vindication a lot if you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan as well. And the Pelicans are the only team so far to have advanced out of the first round of the playoffs as I'm recording this on Monday at around 11 a.m. Central. That is really exciting and the Pelicans are now waiting to find out who they're going to be playing in the second round. Though you do have have the Golden State Warriors up 3-1 to one on the San Antonio Spurs, and that's who their likely opponent's going to be. We'll talk about that later in the week, but I want to talk a little bit as my dog makes some noise here because she is sick and not feeling well, and part of the reason this podcast is out late. But anyway, I want to talk about this game, this series, this sweep, and what it means for New Orleans and how they kind of got this all done. So we'll kind of recap everything. We'll recap the game Saturday. We'll recap the series as a whole. I'm going to look at the Portland Trailblazers a little bit too. We'll talk about Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, and then what this means to the city of New Orleans. That's been almost the number one question is, is New Orleans a basketball town now? We're not quite there yet, but I think we're headed in a very good direction. We'll talk about that and more in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So the closeout game four for New Orleans was always going to be the toughest in the series so far, and they managed to pull it out 131-123, an eight-point victory that was a lot closer, really, than it seemed at times. We knew this was going to be the hardest one. Closeout games always are. And you could say the story here for New Orleans is, you know, the big points of Anthony Davis, of Drew Holiday. They combined uh, for 88 points. That's tied for the most uh, ever in a first-round playoff game, by the way. First time we've seen that in a very, very long time. They're also the only teammates to both go off for 40-plus po- points in a playoff series, in a closeout game especially, too, um, When you, uh, other than LeBron and Kyrie Irving. That's the list. LeBron and Kyrie and Holiday and Davis. That's pretty damn awesome. And in this one, the Pelicans played an eight-man rotation, keeping things tight because you needed to get these solid minutes from everybody in there. So the story is that, yeah, that those guys did very well, that they both were, you know, hit 15 shots. They were very similar in production. They both hit a couple of threes. They rebounded the ball well. Holiday had good assists, though a lot of turnovers in this one. I think the biggest thing that you saw was the resiliency from New Orleans, though, to withstand the punches that Portland was throwing at them, both metaphorically and at times it felt like physically. This was a chippy game after Lillard said they were going to get more physical, even if that meant getting into altercations, and they tried. There were five technicals in this one, and it seemed very dirty play a little bit on the Portland Trailblazers. Didn't like to see that. The refs needed to come prepared for that. And Portland threw their best chance. McCollum had 38 points on just 22 shots. He was very effective 
on the night. You had Damian Lillard play much better too. Yeah, he only had 19 points on 16 shots, but he was getting to the line. His three-point shot wasn't falling, and Portland still was keeping it close. Al Farouk Aminu, 27 points, 5 of 11 from three. Nurkic, before he fouled out, had 18 points, 11 rebounds. They tried hard in this one and could have potentially stolen it from New Orleans, but every run that Portland went on, New Orleans countered. They stayed calm, they were level-headed, and they managed to get this victory in the end with a big statement, again, made by the 88 points combined from the stellar play of Anthony Davis and New Orleans. Of the 31 points New Orleans scored in the fourth quarter, 25 or 26 of that came from those guys. Of the final 26 points in the game, they scored 25 of them. That's how dominant they were and going to do everything they could to have New Orleans win this series. It's exactly what you wanted to see from them, and we can't talk about them enough. I think the biggest thing here, though, is the rise of Anthony Davis finally becoming that player we've all wanted to see him be. Yes, there were times when he's been passive, when he hasn't really gone out and been that great player, times when he's faded into the background. Not at all this season. Uh, From the moment DeMarcus Cousins went down and he said he needed to play with a Russell Westbrook-like mentality, Anthony Davis has been the fucking man here in New Orleans, plain and simple. He's led this team through his absolutely just raising his game. We laughed saying, no, he's not Russell Westbrook. He doesn't have that mentality. He does. And maybe it's a shame that it took DeMarcus Cousins going down for him to get that out of him and for us to see that. But the fact is, it's there now. And it looks like it's here to stay. He's a vocal leader on the court, leading with his play as well. And he's going to go as far as he can take New Orleans here. And with the play around him, it seems like it's not just going to be a sweep in the second round. You then have Holiday in this series, who is masterful defensively. But the game plan was also very good. And you're starting to see the bright minds on this coaching staff really come forward when you have multiple days to prepare for the same team for a four to seven game series, not just on a game to game basis. Look at some film and move on with a new game plan. Here you can really plan things out. And you saw that from Darren Ehrman. You know, Damian Lillard said these are coverages he's never seen before. I don't think, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration and maybe designed to make his struggle seem a little bit better. But New Orleans had a game plan. They followed through with it and it was perfect to do against Portland. Yeah, you got some points from Aminu, but that was really it other than Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. The other guys weren't able to beat New Orleans and that was what they wanted. So you see that really start to come into play. You see Finch's offense working in the half court now a little bit more when the game slows down in the playoffs with Rondo out there orchestrating things. When you have time to prepare, you can do very good things. And this is where, yeah, maybe in a game-to-game basis, the coaching staff hasn't been great this year. But with time to prepare, we're seeing it right now that they are outstanding. And a lot of that also has to do with Rajon Rondo. And you've heard these guys mention his name all season long, that he's been a big influence on them, keeping them together, adding to this team chemistry with all of these guys really liking each other. So we'll start previewing the Warriors, and let's be honest, it's going to be the Warriors and what that all means for New Orleans in the next couple of days. But let's just kind of bask in this one here. Make sure you check out LockedOnPelicans.com daily. Always stuff up there talking about your favorite team, the Pelicans. Get the best content out on the internet. Kill some time at work. Make sure you always check Locked On Pelicans. So let's quickly look at Portland because I think this is rather interesting. They are at 
a, an existential dilemma, let's call it, a crossroads if you want, where is this about the journey or the destination from them? Because by all means, they've said all year long, this has been a great season, this has been fun, we kind of like what we're doing here, they're the three seed, and then you get swept in the first round, and of course the journey was great, but the destination absolutely terrible and with, the, with what the end result was. So what's more important, and it seems Portland's been doing this, they've been in the playoffs five straight years, I believe, and they're kind of building something that happened there in Memphis with the grit and grind area, which I personally consider to be a large success. Others don't. And it depends on if your outlook is title or bust. If it is, well, then yeah, you really like everything that's going on. And if it isn't, well, then yeah. Okay. It's not about that then. So it kind of depends on where you sit on that debate a little bit. But Portland was interesting about it in their exit interviews. You could see how down they were. The players saying all of that, as well as Terry Stotts and their GM, Neil Olshay. Olshay, who is a very good GM, by the way, was the GM of the Clippers when they brought Chris Paul over there from New Orleans. He said they don't want to let four games just kind of distract from overall everything they've accomplished this year. And I think that's the right attitude. But again, it's one thing for the GM to say that. It's one thing for the players to kind of say that. Do the coaches and do ultimately the more important person, the owner, feel that way? Because you have to look at this team and realize they're never going to be a real contender. It doesn't look like they can just get around this. And Terry Stotts has lost 10 straight playoff games at this point a sweep last year the sweep to the pelicans this year after losing two in the row in uh, two seasons ago so not an ideal situation for this team to be in and they've been ducking the luxury tax for years trying to avoid paying that portland is a considered a small market it's in the 40s as well right around uh, new orleans size and everything and it's kind of an issue there on what to do and they look dejected and maybe that's just in the aftermath literally a day after being swept by a team you've got to do exit interviews and face the media that can't be a fun thing but oh man does it look interesting there and I've got no idea what that team needs to do whatsoever to kind of get over the hump or try and change things a little bit because there's definitely issues there uh, with Portland and where they need to go from here and this might shake up the Western Conference playoff race a little bit next season depending on what happens in contrast that to how the bright the future looks for New Orleans next season now, where you've got DeMarcus Cousins almost assuredly coming back. You've got Anthony Davis playing like a man possessed and seems to have found a new gear that we all just assume is going to keep going for him. And then we, we see Drew Holiday living up to that contract and playing above that contract. And this is absolutely unbelievable for New Orleans that all of a sudden now you maybe have a chance to add a piece or two to fill out this roster even better. Gail Benson was in the locker room immediately after the game looking thrilled, giving Cousins a hug, giving Alvin Gentry a hug, giving Anthony Davis a hug. All of that is exactly what you want to see. They are going to pay the luxury tax next year, particularly if there is a move out there that they see that they think is going to help. And all of a sudden, this team doesn't look like it's going to be competing for the 6th, 7th, 8th seed anymore, but is really going to push for the top half in the Western Conference playoff race next year based behind this performance. And if they can do that, it's going to be a great thing. And the city is starting to get behind them. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment here. Before we do that, though, make sure you subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. Yes, this podcast that you're listening to right now. The only daily podcast giving you the info you need on your favorite team. Or if you're just coming around to this team after seeing them sweep, make sure you subscribe. Sometimes podcasts are, you know, usually out at 6 a.m. every morning. But sometimes, like today with a sick dog, uh, you've got kind of different time schedules here. But when you subscribe, you find out when they come out right away. They get sent to your phone. It makes it easy. We've also been having bonus podcasts with different guests on 
here as well. So make sure you subscribe so you know exactly when every episode comes out. So right now we are in the midst of a basketball fever here in New Orleans, and it has been a lot of fun. I told you guys the story of French Quarter Fest, how I saw just two people, strangers, who did not know each other at all. Yeah, that's the definition of stranger. And they were wearing Pelicans hats, stopped to high-five, and then talk about the Game 1 win in Portland. You've got bars putting on games, people getting there early to watch the games. You don't need to ask for the sound to turn on. You also just have other NBA games going on right there with the sound on. People are interested in those as well, so it's not just tied solely to the New Orleans Pelicans, but it's basketball as a whole. And this lends the question, and this is something that I've been asked a number of times now on the radio and on TV over these past couple of days, is is there room for New Orleans Pelicans and the New Orleans Saints? This is known as a, ba- as a football city. They love their Saints. They love LSU. There's some interest in Tulane football um, when they're winning or if they should be in a bowl game. Uh, and, you know, so it kind of leaves people burnt out out a little bit, let's call it, or it's the redheaded stepchild here for the Pelicans compared to all that football. But right now, this is first and foremost, and is this enough to sustain it and keep it going? And that answer is a little bit complicated, and so now I can take the chance here to kind of dive into more in depth, because I've seen us here before. This happened after the 2015 season when New Orleans was swept in the first round by the Golden State Warriors, where they made the playoffs in the final game of the regular season. It was a lot of fun. The Smoothie King Center was packed for both of those games. It was, even though Game 4 was a little kind of disappointing, knowing you were going to get swept after that Game 3 meltdown from that Steph Curry shot. But it was packed for Game 3. People thought they had a chance to win. They were up by 20, and it was all the talk of everywhere. I was all over the radio. I was all over the TV. You know, there... We've been here. And then the next season, that team kind of fell flat on their face and it wasn't able to sustain those season ticket holders, the casual fans going forward. People bought gear, they bought tickets, season tickets, which can be expensive. And then all of a sudden the team's not good and they felt kind of burned. You know, you just invested this time, energy, effort, money, what have you. And the team wasn't good and didn't feel like it paid you or rewarded you for that. And I think that was a big issue here. So this is great what we're seeing that everyone can't get enough of the Pelicans right now. They're the national media darlings. But this doesn't matter unless they carry it over until next season. And we just talked about it in the last segment. It really feels differently here in 2018 than it did three years ago. Yes, this team seems like they are going to carry this success over. You've got Anthony Davis even better than he was back then. I think this is something you really can build off. And this is a great base for the future here in terms of the fan base. Now, if fans are going into bars and asking for them to put the games on, those games will be on by the time you walk in there. You want to listen to the game, hear the sound. You know, you don't have to ask anymore. That's a good start to everything. The local coverage of it is always dependent on what people want. If Pelicans want or if people want to hear about the Pelicans, they will put the Pelicans on the local news, on all the sports shows and everything. It's dependent on that. It's also on the fans to demand this coverage and want this coverage, but to get their friends and family and everyone else involved. We're seeing right now that this can be a two-team, a two-sport city. That yes, there's all that love for the Saints, and there can be all this love for the Pelicans too. There is enough to go around, but this team has to hold up their end of it too. They need to sustain this. It takes, as I've said more than one playoff season more than one 10 game winning streak more than just one good run from drew holiday from anthony davis you've got to do it over multiple 
years. They can get into the playoffs next year, and it looks like this team's going to perennially be in there and all of a sudden maybe be a dark horse contender one year. Yeah, people are going to be buying in. You will see the Smoothie King Center packed. And when you look at their attendance numbers, it's not great. Yes, they sell the tickets, but I don't think anyone as a casual fan cares if the team's making money off ticket sales. You want to see butts in the seat. You want to see it loud, and you want to see it full on TV and have a great intense home court atmosphere there that has been lacking in years past but all of a sudden there's a good base here for new orleans to build off it also this team is just far more likable than that 2015 uh, team was no one liked that contract that omer ashik and alexia jinsa got and they were kind of booed because of it even though it's not really their own fault well one of them's gone the other one is probably going to be gone in the future so that helps no one was a huge fan of tyreek evans the injuries and all the stuff he missed eric gordon was on that team that fans were just burnt out from saying his heart was in phoenix and you had ryan anderson who seemed like a great guy um and and fans liked him in the shooting but I don't know if teammates did as much. And then you look at this team, and it's hard not to root for a guy like Drew Holiday. Obviously, you've got Anthony Davis. Fans absolutely love Rondo. That's been a consistent wherever he's been, even in Dallas. And, you know, this team is just much more likable. They also really care for each other. It seems they genuinely love and, and like each other and want to play with each other and for each other. Scott Kushner last week talked about that. And then you have the fact that... They play a very entertaining style of basketball. They get out and run. They hit some big dunks. There's some big three-pointers. They're doing kind of everything you want to see from a team, playing just an aesthetically pleasing style of getting out and run in that fast break, and then all the big blocks and steals on defense leading to other highlight reel plays. This is a fun team right now, and you're really starting to see it at its full potential, and that does seem like something that this franchise and this city can carry over until next year. So enough waxing about that from me. That's just going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. We'll start previewing the next series upcoming tomorrow where we'll break down, hey, is Steph Curry going to play or not? Where do the Pelicans have an advantage against the Warriors? Where do they have big weaknesses that they need to try and come up with a game plan for? And now they're going to have about a week or so to be able to do that, which really can help when we've seen what this team is capable of with a little bit of a break and a lot of film study. So it's going to be a fun jam-packed week after the sweep here in Locked on Pelicans online on Pelicans and in New Orleans overall, so I cannot wait. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 